Well, we are in the beginning of a four-week series that we are calling Losing My Mind, Losing My Mind, and the idea of dealing with all things in our mind, all things mental health over the next couple of weeks. We are going to dive into some really deep subjects when it comes to anxiety and depression, really is dealing with what's going on in our minds from both a biblical and a medical perspective on it. So you don't want to miss a single week. It's going to be very helpful for you. But I want you to take out those sermon notes that you got today because today's topic is my struggle. I am going to talk really vulnerable with you guys today about the issue that I have dealt with for years. And honestly, it's probably an issue that most of us deal with in here. And it comes to the issue of our thought life today. And, and if, if you're taking notes today, which we are a note-taking church, I want you to write it down. Here's the title of today's message is simply this phrase, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? I remember uh, just a few years ago walking into one of my kids' rooms and they had taken a Sharpie and we're walking around the room, just like in a, in a line all the way around the room with a Sharpie. And I remember walking up to my kids going, what are you what are you thinking? What are you thinking? Then I started having a moment. I remember this where I looked back on some of my middle school or high school days. And I don't know if you remember looking back some of your fashion choices in like high school. It's some of y'all even in a college. And you look back and you just ask yourself this phrase. You go, what are you? What are you thinking? What are you thinking? Uh, Katie and I, when we got married, um, we had our first Christmas about four months later. And so I remember she told me one time, she's like, man, I really want us to save up and get a nice comforter for our bed. And I was like, oh, that'd be awesome. And then I thought, man, I'm a smart man. Why don't I just buy her a comforter for our bed for, for Christmas? You know, two birds with one stone. Now, now some of y'all are laughing. Some of y'all are like, what's the problem with that? It's a terrible gift idea. Terrible gift idea. So I remember it's our very first Christmas. And, and I remember her opening this big box. She thinks it's going to be this amazing gift. She opens it up. And Katie's the most gracious person ever. And so she opens it up. And you can just tell the disappointment. She's like, you bought me a bedspread that you're going to use the whole time. And I remember thinking about it. And the phrase that kept coming to my mind was, what are you? We have to have a moment where we talk about our thought life today. Right there, it's in your notes. Studies have shown us that you can think up to 80 thousand thoughts in a given day so ladies if he says he's not thinking about something he's lying he's thinking he's just ain't telling you so out of those thoughts here's the problem 80 percent of them are negative 80 percent are negative and that's why we have a negative life because it starts with our negative thoughts so we have to learn how to overcome this because here's why I write it down most of life's battles are won or lost in the mind. So we're going to get to the root issue today and realize that if you want victory externally, you've got to get victory internally in your mind. And it's going to all start here. So how do we find victory in our mind? I love that as the Bible is so practical and brings solutions to every area of our life, the Bible talks extensively about how to have victory in our mind. And the guy that does it the most is a guy by the name of the Apostle Paul. Paul was a man who hated Christians. He ended up becoming one after this encounter with Jesus. And as he did that, his life was totally transformed 
brought into ministry. He ended up writing about a third of the New Testament that we read now. And what I love about Paul is so much of Paul's writings are so practical because he dealt with the battles in his mind. He deals with issues of insecurity and fear and worry. So Paul addresses these over and over again. And one of my favorite passages we're going to talk about today is in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn there. And Paul addresses head on the issues of our thought life. And he says it this way. He says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. So you can evaluate how you're posting things online, by the way. Well, they wrote it this way. I'm going to write it back the same way. No, you don't have to wage war the way the world does. And it says it like this. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine, and I want you to shout that word out with me. Divine what? power and it says it like this to demolish and shot this next word out with you ready demolish stronghold so it's divine power to demolish strongholds let me give you the background of these two words that word power is this word dunamis and here's what it means it means explosive all right it's like it's like it comes on the scene and messes everything up so it's, it's explosive. When you see the miracles of Jesus in the Bible, same word. It's power. It's explosive. It changes things. It's the miraculous power of God. It's where we get the word, by the way, dynamite. It's, how, it's the same word. So what does it mean? It means, man, when it happens, you know it happens. So you're not conjuring something up. It's something real that happens in your life. He says, so God's given us divine dynamite power to do what to demolish strongholds here's the word stronghold the word stronghold is a military term for a fortress that's built in the middle of a city so i want you to connect this okay they had the cities that were already kind of fortified and in these cities they would have these fortresses in there where like the, the, the military generals or the political leaders would be in and they would be in a fortified sometimes 30 feet tall walls would surround this here's a good word for it it's like a bunker a compound in the middle and so what would happen is it would be in there where it would almost look indestructible you couldn't destroy it but he says listen God's going to give you divine power to invade even difficult strongholds so what is that picture in us the city is our mind the strongholds are our thoughts that we're thinking that we can't find victory over and I have good news for the church of Jesus Christ today what you can't find victory over Jesus has already brought us victory and can bring you victory in your life so we have to learn how to how to have victory over these things and what does it say he goes on to say so we demolish we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God and then what do we do with it now, so we've invaded our mind, we've destroyed this stronghold, and what do we do with it? We take every thought captive. We, we're going to take it captive. And some of you, today's going to be the day that you take captive the thought that's had you captive for so long. You take it captive. And what do you do to it? You make it obedient to Christ. You make it obedient to Christ. we got to learn how, how to take care of our thoughts. Cognitive behavioral psychology shows us that a lot of the problems we're actually dealing with right now are an issue in our thought processes. 
there's some eating disorders, relational problems, even some anxiety are rooted in the fact that it all starts here in the mind. And the Bible's already told us that. The Bible tells us that Proverbs 27, 23, verse 7 says it this way. For as a man thinks in his heart, guess what? So is he. So it's like as you start up here, that's what's going to dictate your life. We wrote it, put it in your notes this way. As the mind goes, the man follows. So if you want your life to change, it's got to start in your mind. It's got to start with what you're thinking. I wrote it down this way. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. So if you're thinking, I'm going to be, I, I, I'm never going to get promoted. I'm never going to get promoted. I'm never going to get promoted. Guess what's going to happen to you? You're never going to get, never going to get promoted. I'm just never going to find somebody. I'm never going to find someone. I'm never going to find someone. Guess what's going to happen to you? You're never going to find someone. Listen, open your eyes. Look around the church. There's a lot of good-looking, godly people right here. Just find somebody. You just got, you got to change your mind to change your life. That's why Henry Ford said it this way. Whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. That's a great phrase right there. So a lot of you, you have to overcome the battle in your mind to find freedom in your life. So how do we get it? How do we walk in victory in our mind? Because we've got these strongholds. These strongholds says, I'm never going to be in a good marriage. God doesn't hear my prayers. My de- best days are behind me. Nobody cares about me. I-, I can't make a difference. I can't overcome this issue. And we've got these strongholds. How do we find victory? Let me give you three ways today. And this is the three things that you got to do. Number one, you got to start with, number one, you got to audit your thoughts. Audit your thoughts. In other words, the word of this is called metacognition. Metacognition means this. you got to think about what you're thinking about. So you can't just go mindlessly whatever your thoughts are and just, I'm just going to wander in that. No, you got to think about what you're thinking about. Now, we all have moments where we don't think about what we're thinking about. Let me prove it to you. So just the other day, it was on, I think, Monday or Tuesday, I was, su- I was on just such an excitement from Easter, so pumped about what God did. And as I'm on this excitement, I'm thinking about what the lives were changed and the services we had and all that kind of stuff. And then I started thinking about this upcoming weekend and thinking about this marathon and kind of overwhelmed with that. So I'm having this whole moment where I'm in this car and I'm, I'm driving and I'm thinking about all this. And then it clicks. I'm probably 10 or 15 minutes on the crosstown. And it clicks. I don't remember driving the last 10 or 15 minutes. Now, let's be honest. We're the church here today. How many have had a moment where you go, I don't remember driving? Like, I remember. We've all had that moment, right? And I was like, I could have run over somebody. Did I hit anybody? Uh, you ever had that moment where you're like, has a policeman been behind me the whole time with his lights on? I have no clue. Like, I, I, I just, I zoned out completely. What was my problem? Is I wasn't thinking about what I'm thinking about. My, I, I let my mind wander. And so that's why you got to audit your thoughts. Here's the problem. It's you cannot defeat what we do not define. So if you want to find victory in your life, you've got to be able to define it. What is that thought that I keep thinking that's not what I'm supposed to be thinking? i got to audit my thoughts. So I have a little breakdown of how I do this, some questions I ask myself often that help me with this. Here's the three questions. Are my thoughts negative? Are my thoughts negative? Like some of you guys, you're negative Nancy or negative Nick. 
You just always, you're prone towards, it's just negative. It's negative. They go and the, your, your spouse walks outside and you go, oh my gosh, it's so awesome. The, the, the sun is shining. Blue skies today. Well, that means the grass isn't getting the rain today that it needs. It's negative. You're negative. You know, it's just like, man, man, we're, things are so good. Yeah, we're all dying slowly, aren't we? Wah, wah. Nobody wants to be around you. You're just negative. You got to learn how to change that. And the problem with it is that so much of our thoughts are negative. They're, they're fear-based instead of faith-based. They're worry instead of trusting God. They're panic instead of peace. And, and they're all rooted in this just negative thing. It's just never going to work out. I'm never going to get the job I want. I'm never going to find the person I need. I, we're never going to have children. We're never, never, never. It's negative, negative, negative. And you got to get the root of it. Are my thoughts negative? Here's the next one. Are my thoughts worldly? Are my thoughts worldly? So many of our thoughts are rooted in this, this worldly perspective. It's about, how do I look? How, how, is this the right filter to post this? What are people going to think about me? Am I gaining enough followers? Am I, you know, what's the perspective people have? How, how, my car? It's, it's, it's thoughts. It's how can I get more money? How can I get a nicer place? How can I get more, 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 more? And your whole life gets rooted in this worldly mentality. And you become worldly. Why? Because your thoughts were worldly. So you got to evaluate that. Here's a third one. And this one's huge. Is, is, are my thoughts critical? Very different than negative. Critical is about other people. It's just judging. It's, it's your, you're the skeptical person of everybody. You're just like, well, he just, he, he put that, you know, he, he put that little, little medal on the stage. He's, he must, that pastor must have an issue. I've got a lot of issues, but another message for another day. But it's, it's just all critical. Well, what's going on? The, the church, I don't know. I don't know about this. You're always skeptical. You're always that person, they handed me the coffee weird. I think they're judging me. They're judging me. It's just, they don't like me. I think, I think nobody, nobody's, listen, here's what's interesting about what people think about you. They don't. They're not. They're not, nobody's thinking about you. So, so stop being critical, everybody. How about this one? Not everybody's out to get you. All right, I, I get it. I, I get that there's a lot of weird politicians. Not all of them are terrible. Like, you just got to get out of your mind this critical idea that everybody's bad. Well, that church hurt me. Not every church is going to hurt you. Yes. Not every church. You just got to get out of this critical perspective. So how do, what's a good filter? I, I love our guy, Paul. Paul gives us another filter. He's all about trying to figure out how to victory in your mind. Look what he says. This is the filter I'll use. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. He says, whatever is true... Let's start there. And then he goes, then whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, how about whatever is lovely, then whatever is admirable, and then he says, if there's anything that's excellent or praiseworthy, and then he pauses there. Now imagine this. Look at this list. You're taking your thought life, and you're bringing it through is it true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy? And then Paul says, if it goes through all of that, here's what you do. Ready? Ready? Think about those things. Whoa! That'll change everything. 
because that'll take off so many thoughts in our minds right there. If you just audit it. And remember what did I say? I say, your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So here's what happens. Ready? This is give you the game changer. You miss uh, everything else. Don't miss this. Ready? So if you start thinking things that are true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy, guess what happens? You become... True and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent are praiseworthy. You become what you do. As the mind goes, the man follows. So how do you change your life? You change your thoughts. Can I hear a good amen today, church? So you got to audit your thoughts. Look what he says, verse 5. All right, this is going to get good. Ready? Verse 5. We demolish arguments, say arguments, and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. And here's what we do. We take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. Now look how aggressive that language is with our thoughts. He says there's arguments, captivity. Look how strong those words are. He tells us how to deal with our thoughts. So it's not only do we audit our thoughts. Number two, write it down. Now you're going to argue with your thoughts. You're going to get aggressive about your thoughts. You're not going to just let them sit there. You're going to figure out a solution to deal with the thoughts that we have. Because if you want a positive life, you've got to have positive thoughts. If you want a negative life, you're going to have negative thoughts. So how do we change it? Here's how we change it. You making a decision that I'm going to stop thinking about it won't work. It won't work. You sitting there go, I'm not going to think negative. I'm not going to think negative. All right, let me prove it to you across all of our campuses today. I need 100% participation across all of our campuses. All right, I want everybody. Now, your pastor's giving you an order right now, okay? So this doesn't happen often. So this is pastor's orders. I want everybody, do not, 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 do not think about the best donut you've ever eaten. Don't even do it. Don't even think about it, Okay. Don't think, about, don't think about that hot glaze that's on top of it. Don't even think about the sprinkles that it came on or kind of the little flakes that came off. And when you bit in, oh, it had a little Boston cream in it. Don't even think about that. Don't even think about it. Don't think about the chocolate. Some of y'all don't, do not. I, I've asked you. Come on, St. Pete. Don't think about it. All right. Now, okay. Are we all with me? Now, for the last 15 seconds, how many people can be honest in the church today? And say, in the last 15 seconds, I thought about a donut. <laughs> of course. Why? Because you're making your whole determination. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And that's why you live a negative life. Because I'm not going to think negative. I'm not going to be critical. I'm not going to be critical. You're critical. So let's play around. We're, we're doing this again together. Ready? All right. So here's what I want you to do at all of our campuses. I want you to think about the best steak you've ever had. Best steak you ever had. I mean, I mean, big sirloin, T-bone, whatever it is. I want you to think about the best steak you've ever had. Now, if you're a vegetarian, I'm sorry. Sorry. I want you to think about the best plant that my cow ate before we killed it and I had this steak. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> we love you guys, too. <laughs> I had a steak the other night that it came to the table and the butter was still sizzling on the top of it. And I was just cutting into it and it was just like falling apart. It was just unbelievable. You take a bite in and you're like, this is heaven on earth. This is what we'll eat at the marriage supper of the lamb. Just want you to know that. Okay, 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 okay. All right, now, now, 
everybody with me, pull the audience. How many in the last few seconds started to think about a steak and not donut? You see how that happened? Because why? Because you don't sit there and try to not think negative thoughts. You replace negative thoughts. That's why Paul, again, addresses it. What does he say in Romans 12? Do not be overcome by evil, but here's what you do. You overcome donuts with steak. It's right there. It's in the Bible. Did you see that? Do you see how that works? And that's how God designed our mind. So the only way for you to find victory in your mind is to replace your thoughts. So write it down your notes because you can't argue with a bad thought if you don't know the God thought. So, so many people are frustrated because you don't know what to replace the negative thought with it is. And that's why we say, come to church every Sunday. That's why you're on your Bible reading plan. Because God's word is filled with, get this, and I put the blank in your notes, 7,487 promises given by God to humanity. 7,487 we're on the Bible reading plan. A couple of weeks ago, we, you know, we were through like Leviticus, and it was tough. I'm with you. It was tough. And we're getting through, and I've had people texting me and calling me. And they're like, Pastor, I just don't know what to do. I just look for the promise. Look for the promise. Look for what God says. Every day, I'm opening up God's word. What are you saying about me? What are you saying? How are you challenging me? How are you trying to change me? God's got a thought about you. And here's what happens when you get God's thought. Then the Bible says you will know the truth, and the truth will do what? Set you free. So you got to know the truth. So write it down in your notes. Ready? The greatest weapon to overcome your negative thoughts is to know what God thinks about you and I've just come to clear the air here today because somebody was raised up in some real strict culture or some really messed up culture where they thought God was always angry at you and always frustrated at you that is not what I see in God's word Jeremiah 29 says it this way for I know the thoughts that I think towards you well what kind of thoughts does God think towards me says the Lord he says they're thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and what? Hope. I don't know what you've been told, but God's thoughts about you are good. God's thoughts for you are that of excitement and a future and exciting things ahead of you. you got to know what God says about you. So let, let's, let's practice this together, okay? Because this is how I do it. Because I told you, this is my battle. My battle is always a battle in my mind. So how do we find victory over this? So we're going to do a little illustration here. All right. So you say things like this. And so we'll, we'll just start with, this is what it looks like. It's simply, I'm a mistake. And I hear this from people. I'm a mistake. I, I'm a failure. I'm never going to get by. I'm, it's just going it, to, it's a mistake. It's a mistake. There's no way I can do this. And you have this mistake. And what do you do about these things? What do you do about this thought? You can't just say, I'm not a mistake. I'm not a mistake. I'm not a mistake. No, you got to replace it. You got to replace it with what God says about you. So from this one, the, I go with Ephesians 2.10. And here's what God says. For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we could do good works that he planned for us long ago. So I'm not a mistake. I'm a masterpiece. I'm not a mistake. I'm a masterpiece. Do you know what God says about you? Uh, here, let's, let's keep going. Ready? All right, look at this. All right, now this one I faced all week long. This is going to fail. 
I mean, all week long, I'm sitting there like, this is a disaster. I'm this marathon. Before that, the Easter, Easter, it's all going to fail. It's all going to fall apart. And we do this. I mean, as a parent, I'm like, it's going to fail. I don't know how to raise kids. I don't know how to do this in my job. I don't know. We all have these thoughts. What do we do with the thoughts of the, it's just all going to fall apart? We're going to lose it at any minute. It's all going to collapse. Well, then we go to God's word. Oh, I love this verse. This is Jesus' response when people are sitting there thinking everything's going to fall apart. Jesus responds with, don't worry about your life. Whew. That's very different than the worry of, it's all going to fall apart. No, Jesus says, don't worry about your life, what you're going to drink or worry about your body, what you'll wear. Look at the birds in the air. Look at that. He says, they don't store away in their barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. The birds aren't walking around anxious going, oh, I don't know how it's going to work out. It's not going to happen. No, 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 no. It's not going to fail. You know why it's not going to fail? You know why? Because you have a God that's going to take care of you. He's for you. He's on your side. So you got to get that thought out of your mind. Replace it with a God thought. I, I love this one. And this is huge because I, this is, I hear this often. I hate how I look. And let's be real. Because there's some people and you're just, you battle this. It's, I hate my size. I hate my hair. I hate my nose. I hate everything about it. I hate how I look. What do you do with that? What do you do? Because you're looking at the mirror and you're so frustrated by what you see. What do you do when that, well, here's what you do. You go to God's word. And this is going to free somebody today. And you replace that thought with what he says in Psalm 139. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I don't know who said that you were messed up in the way you look, but it's not our God. It's not your creator. He made you fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. And then he says this, and I know that full well. You need to look at yourself in the mirror and go, I know full well. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Replace that thought. Can I hear a good amen today, church? Oh, man, how about this one? Our God is far away. And I hear this so often. Aaron, I just feel all alone. I feel distant. I feel disconnected. What do we do when we feel like God is far away? Well, we go to God's word. Because we go to God's word because God's word tells us the truth. And we're not going to believe this lie. We're going to believe this truth. And God's truth is, it says, now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, guess what? Have been brought, can we shout that word out loud? Near. 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 You're not far off from God. He's near you during this time by the blood of Christ. I know you might feel far off. You are not far off. He is with you during your most difficult times. Amen? All right, one more, one more, one more. We only got time for one more. And there's just no use in trying. There's just no use. Aaron, I've already applied for a job. Why would I apply again? Aaron, I've I dated someone that was a Christian one time. It just didn't work out. Why would I do that again? I tried to get involved in the church and messed up. Why would I do that again? No use in trying. I'm telling you, I battle this one all the time. I, I trust someone, they let me down. I, I, you know, try something. Why do I just keep trying? How do we overcome this negative thought? It's a verse I live by right here, Galatians 6. And it says, do not be deceived. You know what? When you're thinking this, guess what you are? You're deceived. Because you know the law in the scripture is do not be deceived. And it says God cannot be mocked. And then look what he says. A man reaps what he so if you keep applying, you keep, you keep trusting God, you keep praying, you keep giving, 
you keep, you keep trying. Guess what? There is a use in trying because you will reap what you sow. That's the God thought you put in your mind. Can I hear a better amen today, church? Let's close this thing out. I really am excited about the end of this message because I feel like God's going to bring so many people breakthrough in this. Look at the rest of this verse. It says, we demolish arguments. In every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. And look what it says we do. And we take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. Not to what we want. Not to some good, just happy thought. No, we put it under the lordship of Jesus Christ. So we're not doing this thing on our own. So how do we do this? We audit our thoughts. We argue our thoughts and number three write it down we ask God to transform our thoughts because we need God to transform the way we think because so much of our thoughts are so broken but he created us and he can transform how we think that's why Paul again addresses it what does he say he says therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. Let me pause there for just a second. Your mind will never be transformed until your life is offered to God. So a lot of you guys, you're, you, you just want like, I want positive stuff in my life. No, it starts with you submitting your life to, to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And you're going to have an opportunity in this service today to do what 300 people did last weekend and say, God, I give you my life. It all starts there. That's your true and proper worship. But it doesn't stop there. Because once you get saved in here, there needs to be a transformation in here. And I know a lot of Christians that have given Jesus their heart, and they haven't given them their mind. So now you got to keep going, because verse 2 is there. Then he says, do not conform to the patterns, how everybody else is thinking, of this world, but be transformed by doing what? By the renewal of your mind. And it's the same Holy Spirit that saves you in here. It's the same Holy Spirit that will transform you up here. So we have to have God to change this. And that's what prayer does. Prayer, write it on your notes, invites God to defeat the thoughts that are defeating you. And that's what I'm believing for you today. Because I think some of you guys have been harassed and abused and in just an onslaught of thoughts nonstop. We're going to invite God into that stronghold with his dunamis power to bring you victory. You're going to take captive that thought. You're going to make it obedient to Christ. That's why Peter, another apostle, wrote it this way. He says, humble yourselves. How do we, what do we do when we pray? We humble ourselves before God under his mighty hand that he may lift you up. You might feel down. He can lift you up. And he says, now cast all your anxiety, whatever that thought is on him, because he cares for you. Remember the first few years at Radiant, I was so, so, so insecure in just my calling. The church started to grow, and I wasn't planning on that. And I was like, I don't know if I'm the right person. I think this is out of my scope. I don't know if I have the leadership to do this. I remember having a moment with the Lord a couple years in, is in prayer and I was just thinking all these thoughts of insecurity all these thoughts of frustration I can't I can't I can't and I remember having a time where God came in and transformed the thoughts in my life and and there's a life defining moment 
where the Lord spoke to me and I so clearly and said, Aaron, if I called you to be the pastor at Radiant Church, then there's nobody on this planet I think can do it better than you can. That, that made me feel pretty good. I was like, all right. So then Katie and I have moments where I'll feel like, I don't know if I can be a good husband. I don't know if I can do this thing. How, how am I going to work this stuff out? And I'll again remember the God thought. Aaron, if I called you to be married to her, then there's nobody on this planet I think can do it better than you. And then, for some reason, we had five children. And I'm telling you, I don't know how to raise five kids. And you know what? I just, when I go to the Lord with my insecurity, He just reminds me and says, Aaron, if I called you to have five children, then there's nobody that's going to raise them better than you can. So I don't know what God's called you to do. I don't know what struggle and insecurity you have in your mind right now. But I'll just say, if God called you to that business, if God called you to this church, if God called you to that friendship, if God called you to start that ministry, if God called you to have that creative idea, if God called you to lead that team, I don't know what insecurity you have, but what God says, if I called you to it, there's not a single person that can do it better than you can. Think the God thought instead of your thought right now. All right. So I preach this whole message for this next 90 seconds right here. We are going to take captive every thought. We're going to believe together by the power of the Holy Spirit for victory in your life. Whether you're watching online or one of our campuses or here in person, I want you just to close your eyes because this is a moment where that thought has been harassing and hurting you for far too long. Maybe it's thoughts of you're not good enough or you're never going to get what you think you should get or you'll never get ahead or whatever it is. I want you to think about what that thought is. you got to audit it. What is that thought? You can't defeat it if you don't define it. And now we're going to argue with it, and we're going to realize, no, 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 that's not what God says about us. No, what God says is that he's given us all power to do everything he's called us to do. He will always lead us into victory. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We will walk in victory in every area of our life. So whatever that thought is, whatever that struggle is, I want you to do me a favor across every one of our campuses right now. I want you to take that hand and put it right on your head like this. I want to pray over your thought life right now. I want to pray over the struggles in your mind. So many of you guys, you're just constantly struggling in your mind who you are and how you were created and, and what you're capable of. And as your pastor, I want to pray over you right now. God, we thank you right now for the dunamis power, that explosive power that can invade every stronghold. So I pray over your church right now. We cast down every vain imagination, anything that sets itself against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. God, if it's not in your thoughts, we will not allow it in our thoughts. We will only think what is true and what is noble and what is lovely, what is admirable, what is excellent, or what is praiseworthy. And we thank you that we are getting a renewed mind through the power of the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Can we give him some praise today, church, for what he just did in your life? Last 30 seconds, there's a last group that's here today and you don't have a relationship with God. Remember, he'll never change your mind until he has your heart. So you gotta give him your life today. Listen, God loves you. He has a plan for your life. I don't know what you've been told, but God really loves you. 
the problem is sin. Sin separates us all from God. So we're separated from our purpose. We're separated from true fulfillment because of our sin. So what do we do about our sin? We can't pay for it. Jesus sent a, God sent a solution in his son, Jesus. Jesus came, lived a sinless life, died a horrific death for you and for me, but he didn't stay dead. He rose from the dead three days later, conquering death, hell, and the grave. Now you can be victorious because he was. So now the ball's in your court. You gotta give him your life. So one more time with every eye, head bowed, every eye closed. You don't have a relationship with God. This is your day to surrender your life to Christ. And I believe he'll meet you right in that seat. I want you to make a bold decision right there in that seat. When I count to three, I want you to throw that hand up and say, today's my day, Aaron. I'm giving Jesus my life. And I believe he'll meet you right there. One, two, it's your day of salvation. Three, throw that hand up all over this place. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow, bunch of people in this room. Thank you. Those online, those at all of our campuses, throw the hand up, wave it at me, put it right back down. Let's all pray this prayer out loud together. Say, dear Jesus, come on, say loud. Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. Thank you for dying for me. Forgive my past, my present, and my future. And for the rest of my life, I'm going to follow you. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says... Come on, let's celebrate those who just made the best decision ever.